feeling a uh, little sweaty because the weather in noida is extremely difficult today yeah i am also currently in based in noida it's extremely humid so uh, suraj we also have vivek with us here uh, he'll oh. be also leading the podcast along with me so vivek okay, great. Yeah, hi hi suraj <laughs> hi vivek uh, so, so tell me uh, tell me a little bit of, tell me a little bit about uh, why you guys felt like doing a podcast let me start the interview <laughs> <laughs> so basically uh, during the lockdown uh, we got uh, a person who told us ki let's do a podcast and i can arrange few things then i talked to the team and we found out ki yeah we have some contacts with the directors almost 8 to 10 contacts which we could expand and we can talk to the directors and cinephile and actors and whoever we have the network with as a filmmaker and we can take the discussion forward and do a podcast and engage more people into the independent scene of cinema for example uh, so this podcast is specifically focused on college students for example who are much more interested in independent cinema so we'll be marketing this at the same level what we are aiming for is so that is how this podcast started Hmm. Vivek, do you have any other uh, comments around that? Uh, I was thinking. I mean, uh, personally, I thought that you know, uh, whenever we post something on Instagram or whenever we post something on Facebook, uh, I think people people they they read about that stuff. But what uh, the discussion which we have on podcast uh, that's actually more elaborate. In fact, gives a more uh, it's more informative rather than like as compared to the one which we posted on Instagram. Uh, like for example, the posts which we post or the stories which we upload on the instagram or facebook i think a podcast is more uh, informative rather it's more interesting than these just like the, the normal instagram or facebook posts huh. so i think yeah, like uh, podcast must like it's it's much more personal mm-hmm. it's a personal space because yeah. we are talking to each other and the purpose of a podcast is that it provides a personal space to us as well as the audience who is listening to the podcast because they can relate to what we are talking about and that's our primary agenda to talk about the things they think ki they want to know jo wo sunna chahte jo wo janna chahte because as a student filmmaker mere kafi personal issues rahe hain agar hum du mein nahi aate to hum face karte shayad to unka agar solution hamari aapas mein baat se nikal sakta hai kisi ko sunke ki are acha ye bhi ek platform hai kuch bhi information mil sakti hai to it would have been hamare liye bahut hi bada achievement rahega also teenagers they are more into like uh, reason, like what i've experienced is that teenagers they are more into indie, indie cinema and a director i mean more indie directors the experience which they have they gathered in, in so many years i think listening to them would be more uh, fruitful rather than just swiping through the images in instagram or facebook so i think yeah i mean uh, 
just talking to a director who is who has a lot of experience in indie cinema especially and the people who are actually looking f- forward to uh, you know watch indie cinema who are interested in indie cinema i think the podcast is actually a medium is a good medium for them interesting interesting now i was asking because i i worked on the radio for about 2 years uh doing okay. like evening radio programs and this was a private commercial fm station this is also during the time when i was doing my graduation i was studying engineering and oh. my entire reason for doing that radio show or getting that job was because i needed to pay for some of the things that i was you know uh, spending on like uh my room rent or my food etc uh, those were financially difficult times so one was of course that there was some money to be made and uh, then of course it's an fm station so you get some sort of uh, a little bit of fame but that was not the main concern so i was actually doing radio purely to make money at that time mm-hmm. it's interesting that you have oh, other yeah. in, uh, intentions also which is great great so let's let's start i mean let's start the conversation Mm-hmm. So uh okay. l- let's start with what you have written we read your article about uh, on the arts and culture website and uh, we and I and Vivek had a I guess one hour conversation around that article ki how we can shape a conversation around this and how actually I sent that article to Rohin uh, I talked mm-hmm. to yesterday I talked yesterday to Rohin and told him ki I'm in conversation with Suraj about doing the podcast and this and all and he asked me about the article ki can you send me that uh, uh so i sent him that and he was also interested ki yeah it's a great and we were also discussing the piece and were very interested so can you hmm. just start with that ki what what were you what were you thinking while writing that um to be honest i wasn't i wasn't thinking much when i was writing that i was so there is this diff, there is a process of writing in which you are trying to just empty whatever is in your head if you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh you know yeah, there are yeah. too many thoughts running in your head sometimes and then you feel like okay there's a lot of noise in my head let me just sit down put it on a piece of paper so that i can get either i can get rid of it or offload it somehow you know um so that's how it started uh but then what happened is when you sort of it's like it's like a web of you know like a spider web you start from one end uh, you do because you there's one thought that's in your head too much and then you start from there but then one leads to the next and then to the next and then it keeps going on so i sort of felt that experience while i was writing this and as a result of course the article is pretty long mm-hmm. uh, It's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's the first Very time long. that I've written such a long article. Generally, when we also publish Ambra, where I write sometimes, there there is always a restriction of like number of words or you know a certain length that can be accommodated in a print or a web format. But since this was uh, this was not written primarily from the perspective of publishing it somewhere. um mm-hmm. i felt like i was not under any kind of you know uh, those conditions and i just let myself flow um and it sort of started going from just that nostalgic idea of what film is and how i associate with it and then all of the experiences that i've had over the last 10 years uh, working in this sector 
um you know so all of those things sort of came together and i think it's good because it's good that we had the lockdown in a way because it allowed many of us to engage <laughs> more deeply with our thinking with our experiences you know um otherwise you were just rushing from one place to the other trying to do something or the other but now you have the time to sit and uh, really think about it whatever matters to you basically so that that was the process around it but then uh, as i finished writing i realized that i had very little like very few spaces where i could publish one mm-hmm. was the realization that i'm not yet a part of an academic circle so i couldn't easily send it to like an academic journal if you know what i mean like a research paper or something i couldn't do that that doesn't uh, that that space wasn't available for me and then of course all the other publications including the publications that we run for example project ahead or umbra they all have their own constraints they all have their own uh, structural boundaries so i felt like you know i needed to uh, publish it somewhere where i didn't have to go through like cycles of edit and cycles of reviewing etc and then uh maybe breaking it into two pieces or three pieces as people would advise generally that you know you could publish it as short pieces um so then i felt like um, so there was this project that we had started as light cube uh i think 2018 in the last month of 2018 where one of our interns shalini had developed something called the india culture survey and that india culture survey had been in uh, circulation for some time it had gathered some data so while i was writing this article i was also looking at that data and i felt like uh, you know both of these things kind of come together really well and that survey could be separated from the light cube website and it could be made into a distinct entity of its own that's how the arts and culture india portal sort of came about and uh, i felt like this is one place where i i had all of the control and i was sort of writing the rules right now basically uh, so i could say that you know a 6000 word or an 8000 word piece is fine uh, as fine as some something that is just 600 words there was no there was no need for a distinction or a you know a, a discrimination between the word length or etc so that was the idea behind it um, it took me some time after the writing process was done so then i uh, took put together the assets uh, designed this basic looking website and then some statistics from the arts and culture survey that we are doing and it's on still on so i i thought that the article also becomes a good vehicle for the survey to travel um so i think that's how all of this came together but what's interesting is that i was literally able to go back into a lot of the memories that i have of you know working for different uh, spaces that we were organizing programs at and all the different challenges that were present presented to us all the kind of uh, all the horror stories that filmmakers told us uh, with regards to censorship with regards to uh, exhibition spaces with regards to financial challenges that they face in that sense and somehow it made sense for me to kind of connect all of these things and put together a piece uh yeah so that that was the, the process around it so while reading uh, th- there was a question which came back to me again and again ki 
as uh, the conversion of film as a highly commercial medium is what we were discussing and do you have any thoughts about how can film stay close to its traditional way of consumerism because th- that was w- what was recurring to me again and again ki what what were you thinking what were your thoughts on how can the film be on the roots where it was so um i think i'd like to qualify that question further the mm-hmm. uh, the notion that film is a highly commercial medium that notion is something that is fed to us from various sources i believe personally uh, after looking at all these films and all these uh, work that we've done i believe that film is actually a very very efficient economical medium imagine just imagine that you were running a newspaper for example right uh, a newspaper that could cater to maybe 2 million people now if you think about that if you had to print 2 million copies of a newspaper there is a printing cost to it on top of that you need journalists writers editors photographers a whole motley crew of people who are going to work yeah on a day to day basis and, and it's not a project it's like a daily job it will it has to be stable for so many years before the newspaper gets to those 2 million readers right now uh, imagine somebody who has the ambition to start a newspaper like that which would mean that there is much more investment that goes into it into making let's say immovable assets so you need a building you need printing presses you need supplies you need staff to put together one newspaper uh, which at the end of the day after people have read it will simply become like a wrapping paper you know in which you can have your samosas the <laughs> the interesting shot from many bollywood movies that we see um but on the other hand you have a film which can be done by a very small group of people uh i mean even if you look at major bollywood productions the crew is what about 50 people uh you know the the important people that are working on the film otherwise there are just assistants who are working as interns for free etc but you have a, about 50 people who are really working hard on the film and that includes the uh, cast most of the times other than the extractor so you have about 50 people and if you look at the shoot schedule of a blockbuster film the shoot schedule lasts for about 2 months at max so you're essentially paying your staff for just two months of work maybe a month here and there and some travel plus you get the advantage of having uh, equipment that's in these days it's extremely mobile it's extremely like portable high quality uh you know so you're getting like a really good uh re camera etc and and that's costing you just about 20000 or 30000 a day um so the essential thing is that once you're getting into film once your film shooting is done basically you can dismantle and you don't need to worry about anything in there then your film is in the edit room so the, the, then there is the cost of editing but if you look at all of that cost together combined with just two months of running a newspaper for example you'll see that the film automatically becomes a much cheaper medium and then the advantage is that unlike the newspaper which will become a wrapping for a samosa by the end of that day itself a film will not a film will continue to survive it will continue to be distributed 
first in theaters then in netflix then in amazon prime and you know ultimately after 30 years or these days after 5 years it will come on youtube as a free release also uh you know where it's, it's using advertisements to gain generate revenue so i don't think that film is actually a highly commercial way it's actually a very cheap medium to reach many many people and it has a long shelf life depending on the kind of content it is and the kind of audience it can reach over a period of time that's that's the first part of the question i'm sorry i forgot the second part of it the the second part was ki how how can you think the because modern day cinema has changed a lot how can you th- the, the change of cinema is uh, good but how do you think that the consumerism has changed how we as a consumers right. have changed right 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 so that that basically connects to the idea of consumerism uh, not just with film but the general idea of consumerism uh, which sort of ref- sort of connects very easily with the idea of food you know we all eat food right mm-hmm. uh, yeah. now what happens is there is a certain process for preparing food every culture has their own way of preparing their food right now uh, if you have had the opportunity to engage with a korean meal for example korean uh, you know diet mm-hmm. uh, it takes if you look at the korean plate which has all of the elements of a traditional korean meal you would feel like this meal would take at least 2 days to cook just <laughs> you know just two days to just prepare that's how we would feel about it because our way of cooking is different uh similarly if you look at uh, some of the tribal food cultures in you know in in india in africa perhaps we feel like uh, this would take hours maybe and it does take that much time now comes the idea of food that can be had instantly which is your uh, fast food you know burgers all of these big fast food chains where you need to just have 3 minutes of your time not more 3 minutes is um, i would say the standard maximum time that you need to have food in your hands you walk into a fast food restaurant there are 5 to 6 queues depending on where it is located 5 to 6 queues in which people are ordering you get into the queue you have an average waiting time of about 1 1 and a half minute and then you reach the person who is going to take your order uh and then you quickly tell the person whatever you need and you then have a 30 second to 1 minute waiting time to get your food in your tray right so so when we are now in a world where food is as um, commodified or as easily available uh, and remember that the food is something that really fills your stomach it makes your body work it gives you the energy right mm-hmm. so if yeah yeah something as basic as food can be commodified to make it reach instantly make it work you know then why can't cinema be but that's the question that we need to sort of think about why can't cinema be uh, as quick as food or as instant as food so i'll tell you for example um, if you know lo- if you know about this popular film from 70s i suppose amar prem have you heard of this film uh, yeah, yeah. it had yeah. rajesh khanna and sharmila tagore if i'm correct Uh, mm-hmm. as the lead cast right now amar prem is is a brilliant film of its time and it's a, it was a commercial success more than anything else okay uh it became a household name but a film like amar prem is similar to how you do cooking at your home 
because it takes three hours of your time to come to catharsis, come to that feeling of uh, release. If you know what I mean, like you know, you see the characters going through so many things, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're always feeling like, oh, you know, uh, why is this so much trouble? Why can't they just sit and talk and figure it out, right? Why can't they just do it? Why can't? Why do they have to struggle so much? Um, but if you think about it, when you are cooking, if you are cooking for, your, if you do cook for yourself, it takes about an hour on an average to make a good meal. Uh, and that's a simple like Indian dal, chawal and sabzi sort of a thing, you know. It takes about an hour to do that cooking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now what's happening in cinema is, is that every three minutes in a film that you're watching, which is a mainstream, you could say commercial success, every three minutes you're getting that release. It's very similar to how fast food works. Uh, you will not have seen a film in the last 10 years, I suppose, in any of the theaters where there is not a laugh, there is not a fight, uh, like a punch, there is not a joke, there is not a, a emotional uh, you know, dialogue in every three minutes, basically. So I think f- the film that we are consuming is very, very close to the kind of food that we are consuming. It's also important to understand that this is not the universal idea of film. Even in India, even in Bollywood, this is not the universal idea. This is only for the people who are in urban circles, who have access to fast food. Only those people are target audiences for films that are made like fast food. If you still yeah, go true. to places which are outside of urban centers, people are not really happy watching a film that you know has every three minutes is full of you know these things they're just not able to connect with it because they need time to process something because the habit is so associated with the idea of food that they're consuming. So I think it's, it's, a, it's a complex thing and it's sort of related to that. If, uh, and I think there is a trend that urban uh, population, people like us are also because of thanks, thanks to the lockdown again, uh, mm-hmm. that you know, for the last few months, we've, we've been forced to cook our meals, right? We've been forced to do the cleaning ourselves. We've been forced to um, come up with things that we want to eat because we are bored with the regular stuff. So we are experimenting with whatever is available inside our kitchen, right? In our pantry. Which again brings us back to the idea of this food and how that effort that you put in your kitchen for about an hour becomes fulfilling for you at the end of it. And therefore, there is also a resurgence of the kind of films that we are seeing people watching while they're in the lockdown. And it's it's obvious when you see, you know, sometimes your friends posting a status on social media or WhatsApp, etc., where there is a scene that they're very, you know, fond of, or there is a still from a film that they're very fond of. And those are all not from the last 10 years or 15 years. So I think it's very much related with that. And I don't think that this, this, this will require an external effort. I think it will organically happen when people connect with the idea of food again, uh, connect with the idea of consumption, what it is actually, and not the disease consumption, but the idea of consuming things uh, and knowing what you're eating. And once that is reinstated or once that is re, uh, uh, reconnected with, 
there will automatically be a demand for films like that for content like that and the filmmakers producers they will automatically try and make those films so that you know it's fulfilling because they essentially are catering to a market i i hope that made some sense mm-hmm. yeah 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 true true exactly uh, actually uh, you know it was uh, i was thinking of this question for a very long time whenever like when her told me about you that uh, you do those Cine, uh, those uh, cinema festivals in the rural areas which is quite interesting and i thought that uh, in, and uh, like recently when you said that uh, the people who are actually who can't actually relate with the movies which are which are been made for certain certain type certain type of people who can relate to it relate to it but for but in the broader post prospect uh, people can't actually relate it so uh, my question is that when uh, you uh, organize a film festival in a rural area and especially for those indie films uh, how do you make sure that because uh, most of the people majority of the people who are living in rural areas they, li- they they like that masala that movie masala you know which i which are actually like simba ho gaya and then uh, uh, rowdy rata for to say so uh, in that culture in that environment how do you make sure that when you organize a film festival or when, whenever you uh, whenever you know uh, uh, screen a indie film which is more of a you know symbolic or which is more deep rather than just the commercial stuff how do you make sure that the, the, the people who are actually watching it they, they they do they watch that movie or they they take interest in that so how do you make sure that i i had this question for a very long time i mean this this so I'll, whole I'll process try and, uh... I'll try and uh, uh, sort of make it a little bit more um, transparent to in, okay. in a way. What you mentioned, films like Simba and you know all of these. These are not films that people in the rural areas, in any case, want to watch. Uh, this is a misconception. Uh, it's it's a it's a myth. Uh, Rowdy Rathore and such films they haven't really reached these places. what has reached i'll tell you what has reached this places or, or these populations are some segments of these films you know how you would take one scene for example which is a gag it's a joke right and mm. that joke works regardless of whether you're watching the film whole film or you're watching just 2 minutes of that film right now because many of the uh, many people in the rural areas also have smartphones you could say uh, and it's mm-hmm. easy to send video clips uh, through whatsapp or through facebook or through whatever social media you're connected on but you can't send a whole film on that if you know what i mean like you can't send a 2 hour long film yeah true so you take just 2 minutes of a film which is very very specific to the joke that you want to convey So for example if i today want to tell a joke about uh the politics right now right i will take mm-hmm. uh, a a segment from a film that i've seen which communicates the same emotion it will be about 2 or 3 minutes long i'll compress it into a quick whatsapp video and i'll circulate it what it's doing is also giving me tools to write something on the video you know like you could have a text uh which mentions also sometimes specifies that this is for you know so and so uh, related this is related to so and so thing that's happening right now so okay. that enables people to express themselves without engaging or without having the need to invest themselves in the producing of it basically 
which is why you may feel that a lot of the people in rural areas like films like Rowdy Rathod or Simba or all of these masala mm-hmm. films. Yeah. But in actuality or in reality, many of those people have not seen those films in entirety. They haven't. Oh. They even if there is a TV inside their home, and if let's say this film is playing on the TV. this mm-hmm. is almost like furniture on their in their house you know what a furniture is right it stays where it is yeah 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 you mm-hmm. come and sit yeah. on it for a few moments and then you get up and then you go do something else and then you come back and then you sit again so a film like rowdy rathod and simba is very sim- symbolic of that where you don't need to sit for 3 hours and un- look at the whole thing you yeah, can true, continue true. to do your like you, you can continue to uh, like women can if women are housewives that's an assumption also i would say that that's not necessary but considering the context of india a large number of women are housewives and they are sitting in their homes and if something yeah. like this is playing then they can also be doing you know saath mein baith ke they are cutting the vegetables they are peeling the onions they are uh, preparing the masala etc and then they go and then they make the food and all this while the film is playing so they don't need to have their attention constantly whatever 15 20 second 30 seconds of span that they can give to the film the film is uh, able to respond back to them and you know give them a joke to laugh or think about or whatever mm-hmm. yeah. that's how this consumption is happening uh, but what uh, the kind of film screening that maybe you are asking about is where we have people who are not doing something at that time and just watching a film for 2 hours for 1 hour or for even for a short film like 30 minutes where mm. you're just looking at a film and you're letting the film work with you or you're working with the film at that point um i don't think there is a challenge at all uh, about audiences attention because people are interested in that stuff it's just that they don't find that stuff on tv so the yeah, challenge yeah. the challenge largely is about the logistics of how you reach the place and then it is about building that trust that listen if i am going to show you a film i'm not going to rob you of your money or your crops or your you know cattle uh it it won't be that i will distract you for 3 hours with a film and while you're watching the film somebody is stealing something that's the major fear also when people come together for a thing like that because they don't want to you know uh be cheated and they have been cheated over and over for centuries where yeah, people have distracted true. them through magic or through whatever means they could say and then something from the field was stolen or from the house was stolen um and of course they had to also pay for a ticket because you know there is a f- even if it's a 10 paisa or a 5 paisa or a 50 paisa ticket so one is the money that is being stolen and the second is the that possibility that you are lost in your thought and something in your house goes wrong uh maybe something catches fire you don't know what's going to happen right so that mm-hmm. building of that trust that uh, i or you know our group will organize a screening when you are convenient tell us when you are convenient what time of the day is convenient for you to sit and watch a film uh, we'll try and recommend or rather bring together a good film and at the end of the film you can tell us if you like it if you don't like it can we do something better so it's more about the logistics or the technological aspect of it in terms of if there is no power supply in the village that there is no electricity how do you organize a screening how do you yeah. you know run a projector how do you run a sound those are some of the major pieces of the puzzle 
and the second most important is the idea of trust because end of the day you are somebody from the city from the outside and you are going to engage with uh, the population of a village uh, and your engagement is going to be very brief maybe two days three days maybe a month at the most like harsh was there in dalhousie right you are there for a month uh, after that month you are gone they don't know where you came from they don't know where you are going to right so how do they develop that idea of trust on you that you they will listen to or they will you know uh, spare three hours of their time uh, for a film that you say why should they trust you in the first place so i think once yeah. that trust is established once that technology bit is figured out then everybody wants to watch a good film regardless of you know regardless of um, whether it's fun whether it's nostalgic whether it's a love story whether it's a crime thriller everybody wants to watch it everybody wants to have that comfort that for 3 hours they don't need to worry about anything they're in a safe space and they can really engage with the film that they want to uh you know that's 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 true not just for films if you look at books also people want to sit and sit and read books but unfortunately our current uh, the systems that we follow these days we don't have that time we don't have that luxury to sit and read a book uh you need to attend to a call you need to go out and meet somebody you need to do a lot of networking if you want to live in this world today uh, that leaves you with very little time to engage with a book a book that you really like for example i'll tell you i have a book uh you know on my bookshelf which i bought almost 4 years ago but i have not opened it even once because i am looking for that time in my life when i don't need to think about anything else when i when if i open that book and because i like that subject i want to finish it from cover to cover for example you know i don't want it to be disturbed because of something that comes up that's much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so which is why i haven't opened that book so there are similarly there are many people who want to watch a lot of good stuff a lot of good films but they don't ever start it because they don't want that experience to be diluted or disturbed by anything that's i think that's the important bit that we need to understand not just as uh, as cinema cinephiles or cinema people but uh, but as producers of any kind of content does that answer your question vivek mm-hmm. also suraj as you said about just sitting and watching films uh, it reminds me of of our of what we observed while showing uh, films in dalhousie because mm. when we uh, when we screen films like poop on poverty people ke people baba Uh, mm. those films had a message and mm. i saw the faces of people that they were interested in watching that film and the reaction was pretty good because they carried they they took a message out of out from the film also uh, while we screened doba katti they had a right. laugh so they they right. had a good laugh and they were very much convinced ki ha these are good films this films had a message but what we struggled with was ki when a film didn't have a message when a film didn't have something to laugh about when a film didn't have something which they can carry with them then hmm. they thought ki why should we watch this film what is in this film for us so th- that was what we observed in dalhousie no no that's a very valid observation that's a very valid observation and i'm glad you made those observations and you put them down into reports uh again i'll come back to the idea of the trust so if you have a friend that you you know you've been friends with the person for years maybe 
and it happens even now like you know when a friend of mine messages or sends me a link for an article for example or sends me a a, a film to watch because i have that relationship with that friend for years uh you know for a significant amount of time i can say that okay if this friend has sent me something you know it must mean that there is something for me in it uh you know um because that person understands me to a certain degree and i would spare that time in my life but uh, with regards to the the dalhousie project that we were doing the c program unfortunately or fortunately you could say the duration was just one month and what we were trying to do as an experiment was to see what level of trust can be established in this one month period uh if if you know about some of the previous work that we've been doing the for example the denuki project long time ago and it's it's been in a limbo for some time there we had the plan of putting volunteers in a village for 3 months but for logistical reasons 3 months never got you know never became possible it was just too long for people to spare their time and uh, for us to have resources around it but so we were thinking if instead of 3 months can one month be sufficient for it and that's mm-hmm. where the idea of the seed program emerged from uh but but maybe one month is great if you're engaging with just one group of people you uh, and rohit uh, were also not just trying to engage with one group or you know one village you were trying to cover a lot of distance uh, you know a lot of ground within dalhousie so you were meeting different groups of people and if you really think about it if you break it down you were essentially spending maybe a few days with like in totality just a few days with one individual or you know one group that's not enough for building a that sort of a rapo uh which which is one of the reasons why people may not be you know uh too interested into watching a film that they don't find very uh interesting or 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 message conveying right at the beginning uh because then there is this gap that needs to be filled and that has not been filled so far basically so i would say that there are two aspects to this one is of course the curatorial aspect of it which you mentioned with uh, about the idea of selecting a film you know what kind of films people like that's the curatorial aspect of it and then there is this aspect of uh, relationship building mm-hmm. i would argue that it doesn't work either ways like you can't be a great curator but not interested in having relationships with people it wouldn't mm-hmm. work your curatorial or your curation will suffer because you have no idea who your audience is you know who the who are the people that you want to curate the film for and uh, similarly you may be a, a great person with relationship building you may have wonderful uh, ability to connect with people but you have no idea about what kind of films exist outside right uh, beyond what you have seen maybe so i think both of these things need to be balanced very well and if you bring together a program that's come as that's a combination of these two things I don't have any doubts as to why people will not engage with it. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one like we won't take much of your time now. That's And like a, a question is a bit a bit personal. Uh, while you know like, while growing up, like how did you develop that interest in those movies? I mean, especially in a in an environment where there's not much exposure to to those films. I mean, the 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 way you explain it in your blog, it's quite fascinating. But 
while growing up, how did you develop that interest? I mean, is considering the environment which you were brought in. I didn't have to actually actively de- develop this. This is, uh, I okay. think, the fun part of it, where um, I would say that the period in which I was growing up, and I'm not, uh, I'm not like a sixty-year-old. I'm, I'm just thirty-two, uh, and this is early nineties okay. we are talking about, and that point of time uh, and in the place that I was in, uh, Siliguri in West Bengal, uh, we didn't have many options. I would honestly say that we had just one television, which was the connection to the world outside. Uh, and it would, okay. it would be powered by a battery. There is just no other way around it. Okay. Um, and then, uh, because we were not at that age, we were not looking at newspapers or magazines and other things like that. And, um, Fortunately or unfortunately, uh, my family, my family members were not as educated like my mom and dad. They were not as educated uh, back then to have an interest into newspapers or magazines or, you know, all these other things. So uh, the TV was very central to our routine, you could say. And I, I, I mean, that's where the writing sort of started very easily for me because I I could connect back with that memory of childhood in terms of how, you know, one, every film, every week there was this one film. And even if we didn't watch TV for the rest of the week, it was no problem because that weekend became special. Uh, Every weekend became special because everybody who lived around that area, like in that household, uh, there were people who were as tenants, etc. But there was this one TV where we could all collect. And everybody had their weekends off, basically. So the Saturday was an off day for many people. So if it's a film on the Friday night, everybody was relaxed. They had nowhere to go early morning the next day. Um, so it was it was a collective experience, even without the need of a cinema theater, if you know what I mean. Like, um, And the idea of trust, again, becomes important because all of the people that I was sitting and watching films with were known to me they were the people i was growing up with so they were uncles or you know um, people who had known for some time uh, aunts uh, relatives etc all nearby so it was a shared experience with people of different age groups for me and i mm-hmm. it was i would say more sort of um, materially talking about it it was it was interesting that i was enjoying a film at the same time uh, somebody who was 30 years at that time was also enjoying the same film. You know what I mean? Like the the idea that this film is not for children or this film is not for adults didn't exist. Uh, everybody was watching it together. So I could say that if people are 30 are enjoying this or if people are 40 are enjoying this, then that's great, right? I could I could enjoy it also. So it was, I think it was like that. It wasn't a forced, there was no method around it. It was just happening on its own. Although my interest around films as a pursuit of what I'm doing right now or for the last 10 years, that is something different. That didn't exist, that I had never thought of. Uh, It started because me and my friend from school, Anuj, we met after our graduation programs he had started writing film criticism before that um, and I really admire him as a person and 
we sort of felt like uh, you know we could do something together with our mutual interest uh, i was always uh, more towards theater and live performance uh, element of things um, he gradually introduced me to a wide selection of films the global cinema as you say world cinema uh, i had no idea about the world cinema's existence before 2007 i would say Uh, for me the, the film existed as a bollywood uh, product before 2007 and then gradually i started discovering some of the things be- because of my friends uh, uh, encouragement and you know uh, providing with links and dvds etc to watch so that's how it gradually got cultivated and then it took a formal shape in 2012 uh, and then it's been it's been that so it's this is this is slightly different but in the childhood it was i would say it was very organic i didn't have to really think about it oh great suvet so uh, i would like to end this conversation by asking you a basic question for our audience ki do you remember a film from your childhood which you think affected you a lot and you can recommend it to our audience to watch it do you remember any film which has a great impression on you and that's a very interesting question yeah um, there are many films actually um so, uh, so i would i would instead of giving one film i'd give you a couple of uh, a few names yeah, okay sure, sure, a few sure. films uh, and, and not just films but i'll tell you some really interesting uh, tv programs as well uh there was something called captain vyom i don't know if you remember seeing that or maybe it wasn't there on tv while you were there so captain vyom was this uh, attempt of indian uh, tv industry to kind of do science fiction you know futuristic stuff it had elements of time travel it had elements of uh, space exploration all of those things and at that age uh, for me it was too real and it was too vivid in the sense that opened me up rather it sort of gave me the inspiration to think about sciences very differently you know instead of just being a subject and loathsome and all of that uh it made me very interested into the idea of of course it's not to say that that is in any way an accurate or a scientifically well researched production but it's just that it it starts your curiosity in those directions so that that still happens to be close to my heart but it's it's just that i don't watch it i haven't watched it in the recent past because there are too many scientific inaccuracies to deal with but as a kid it was great um I, and i think as a film i would say there was this film that left a very strong impression on me it was called rocky i think it was sanjay dat's first film debut film mm-hmm. uh, and the reason it left a very strong impression was it's it was a film about it was a film about somebody who was really um uh a uh, uh, rebel you would say the idea of this rebel and you know uh I don't care about what society thinks I'll do what I want etc that's the centrality of that character um and there is some degree of violence of course into it but I think when I was at that age it sort of gave me the 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 not the confidence but the strength to actually sort of believe in what I was trying to do and even though the the character has uh, sort of I think it, he dies in the end but the kind of experiences that the character goes through is very interesting uh, to look at and even now it's a good watch even now rocky is a good film it has good music of that time 
um some of the songs are uh, something that still sort of run in my head sometimes and i think the music uh, connected well with me more than the visuals of the film then i think there was this uh, uh i think 91 or 92 probably is the time when there was this new kind of film being made you know which was starting to get more uh, comical etc and i think from that perspective a lot of the films that had uh, characters like johnny liver were very interesting to me uh, because it had a lot of mix of things that were going around uh, but there is one thing that there's one film that i discovered much later um, and that was as part of the work that we've been doing and i would recommend that to almost everybody who is interested in films and hindi films particularly um there is a film called bandini uh, from 1969 uh, it's by rishikesh mukherjee if i'm not wrong um probably i'm wrong around that but the film is uh, bandini it's it's a film where you see eventually that there is a very a uh, strong very very distilled agency that's available to each one of us regardless of our gender regardless of our age regardless of our um context and social upbringing the idea of agency and that you can decide about your life and what you want to do and who you want to be with and you know um uh, and uh, it's it's a very interesting take on how it it's important in a context like india where we feel inherently that there are some things that we can't do or things that we shouldn't do because you know log kya kahenge or uh, otherwise mm-hmm. wo sharma ji ka beta and all of that so from that context if you look at this film it's very interesting because it breaks that for you and it says that it's possible first whether it's wrong or right that's another discussion but it's possible uh you don't need to live with the idea that it's not possible that's that's very important i think so yeah i think that ways you can see a lot of these films i i would say that for most of the films that i was growing up with at that time watching on tv it's sort of a mix of all of those things you know i it's difficult for me to identify one particular film from those days but i like things like captain vyom and some of the uh other things that were happening on tv at that time Mm-hmm. yeah so i i mean i hope that was good enough uh thank you suraj it was great talking to you and uh, i hope uh, it was great for you too and i hope we connect soon <laughs> so that's concludes our episode with suraj our host for this episode were harj and vivek editing was done by mukubhai and shivamke the fine music you heard at the starting of the episode and the one overlapping this voice segment was produced by mukubhai cine talkies is produced by me Shivamke in association with Film Tantra the filmmaking and film appreciation society of Shahid Bhagat Singh College DU see you next monday